0: Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens.
1: I'm
2: Christina Roberts.
0: I'm Chris Roberts.
2: I'm Christina Kaiser.
1: We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. You may have noticed that our podcast intro says three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. And that is indeed true. We are all friends. We're trained spiritual companions or spiritual directors, depending on what tradition you hold. And we are all ordained pastors, although we currently are not in church ministry. And with that, we thought it might be interesting today to take a bit of a behind the scenes to who we are, our spiritual journey as spiritual leaders, and also to take some time to share about the sponsor of our podcast, which is Foundry Spiritual Center. So maybe I'll just start off the conversation noting the friendship. And many moons ago, 14 years ago, we adopted our first child. And shortly after adoption, went to Cambridge, Massachusetts for a conference where we met Christina Kaiser and her husband, Dominic. And interestingly enough, our two oldest kids are about six months apart in age. And so we've journeyed together through adopting additional children, biological children, the ups and downs of parenting. And also simultaneously, we had just moved to Madison to start a new church community. Christina and her husband were about a year behind in their journey of starting a community in Massachusetts. And so through the years, I've really shared a deep spiritual friendship of how are we meeting with God personally? What does this mean for family, for ministry, and learning together? And so when we say that in our introduction, that we're friends, that really is true. And it's been meaningful for well over a decade now. And it strikes me, even as I'm listening to you talk, that we've always also
2: been trying a lot of new things like sometimes one of I think maybe it was Chris that was going and doing pub conversations and I, I, we actually did a few pub conversations too because we happened to live right next door to a pub and then, you know, we had this really like fun relationship with the owners there but always there has been a lot of trial a lot of let's just try anything in order to that meaning and purpose come out. I think when I came alive in my mid-twenties, the question that really caused it, kind of like re-sparked all the stuff in me, was where do you get your security, meaning, and greatness from? And I had realized, like, oh, college had really set me on this track to insist on this degree that I had been pursuing. Like, I had to do it full out. I was spending money on it. It would be irresponsible to do anything else. And then when I took a step back and asked this question, I started to realize this is not where I intended to get my security, meaning, and greatness from. And there's no assurance that that's where any of that can possibly come from because it was opera. It's a totally cutthroat experience. And I was a soprano and almost every female there's seven kinds of soprano but everybody's a soprano so there's no security <laughs> there may be greatness there may be meaning but i wanted to think deeper i wanted something more and i had experienced a touch of that in my younger yet years <laughs> of feeling like i had come alive and in the midst of that i just wanted more of that experience i wanted that for me i wanted that for others but And so really, even as I pursued spiritual direction training, this question of how does one determine meaning and purpose in their lives? It just comes back over and over again.
0: Yeah, I think it's great hearing the recap of our story and how we have come together and all the different things that we're doing and trying out. And I think for me, that's always been the lens in which I've viewed life is what new thing can I try? Very adventurous I don't know. There's so many different ways to, to become a pastor or to become a spiritual director or companion or to be a part of ministry. And I know a lot of people really discern a call and I had a call. My, my father was a pastor. So I'd seen enough about church life and the ins and outs of it to say, I don't want any part of that. But for some strange reason, I did feel a calling towards a ministry path. And at first I thought it was going to be in in the missionary world and it was, and then it it transformed into being a youth pastor and then associate pastor and then a church planter. And then I think for me, I enjoyed some aspects of pastoral ministry. I really enjoyed the community development, but one of the things about being a pastor that I didn't enjoy is these expectations that people have on you as, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And they come and talk to you about something and they'll say, what does the Bible have to say about this? And then you talk to them about the, what the Bible says. And then you just like determine a future course or outcome. 90% of the time they wouldn't listen, but they just go off and do what they wanted to do anyway. And I got to the point of frustration where it's okay. I'm a pastor and I'm offering pastoral advice and nobody's taking it. And then I heard about this wonderful thing called spiritual direction and it's where you help. People by listening to their own souls. And then the thing that arises within them as they're sharing, as they're talking, and then they think about outcomes, they're, you know, like almost 100% likely to try something whenever it emerges from their own soul rather than some pastor giving them advice. And for me, that just felt a lot better. So entering into spiritual direction, spiritual companionship, and then talking about spiritual practices, that's just been my trajectory. And so that's a little bit about my part in Foundry Spiritual Center, but I think I'll kick it back to you, Christina, to share a little bit more.
1: I think it's important to note that the three of us collectively have decades of experience in the church world, everything from administrative to lead pastoring, teaching, music, kids ministry, youth. And so collectively, we've really been able to have the scope of what that means. And I think I can say with confidence that the three of us loved that season of our lives, that it was a wonderful, generative, rich season. So grateful for that. And even though we are currently not operating as pastors in a church setting, very much value what the church offers and the role that we have played with that in in our decades of ministry. That being said, I think, again, this idea of being open to trying new things, new possibilities, paying attention to what's going on culturally, I think that was part of our training and mentoring as pastors. We were part of a vibrant community that was asking a lot of those types of questions and what are ways that we can contextualize the goodness that Jesus offers us but in ways that make sense to people that maybe don't have religious backgrounds or might use different language, or how does that reconcile with science and things like that? And so I think for years, we've been in those generative conversations. And I think through that, Christy, your point of recognizing that there are different styles and types of spiritual leadership and ways that we can be involved in one another's lives spiritually. And so I think for me, part of my beginning journey towards more contemplative spirituality Honestly, it started in my upbringing, grew up Greek Orthodox. And so my first native spiritual tongue was one of more of a contemplative aspect. But I think later on in my adult life, I had reached a point in my church ministry where I just wasn't quite satisfied anymore. And again, nothing. I loved my community, but I think there was just something stirring in me for a different type of expression. And I had a wonderful church community that allowed a lot of the experimentation that we're describing. And so we would take times where we like took out all the rows of chairs and had tables in the sanctuary and we would eat our meal together as part of the worship service, not after the church service, but as part of it. And we would have communion or Eucharist as part of that expression. We had some times where we would take all the tables and chairs or just meet outside because... Oftentimes, I would hear people say that they felt close to God or to the divine out in nature, and we have really harsh winters here. And so, when spring hits, everybody in our community wants to be outside in the city of Madison, right? And so, we thought, what would it be like to worship outdoors? We try different contemplative practices as a community. And I think just recognize that what we're doing is really valuable, and maybe it doesn't fit into the context or expectation of what a a church is, that when people Go to a website and see a church, there's different expectations of maybe children's ministry, various weekly rhythms that look the same every week and that's wonderful and there's a lot of that and I think recognizing that maybe we play a different role in the spiritual landscape of our community and how can we be innovative in that space and I think that was part of the conversation around maybe shifting from church to a spiritual center. I think in addition to that we've all recognized the value of online opportunities and what does it look like to be able to meet with people not just in your local community that while that's important and we've all benefited from that. I think I reached a point several years ago where it was like, wow. Many of my significant relationships are not local to Madison. I have these different prayer groups that I was meeting with online. And this was way before the pandemic. and We were all doing that. Several of my mentors were in different parts of the country. I had my spiritual, my spiritual director was not local. And so I think recognizing, wow, there's this whole opportunity with online spaces that perhaps we could rethink. And so I think all of those things coming together, really shaping our discernment as to what might be next for us personally in our spiritual influence and community.
2: I found myself just nodding at everything. Like, yeah, see, yeah, I think there came a moment and probably many moments really where it felt like, man, I just, and we've talked about the difference between depths and breadth all the time. I just want to do these deep dives. I want to go deeper. And when you look at contemplatives from yesteryear, a lot of times they talk about these feelings of going deeper and deeper and what kind of environment was conducive to that experience. How do you do that? And I think church, it continues to have an important role in my life. I think like celebration, sharing community, like there's certain things that are there, but that notion of really connecting With uh, the divine was something that required more time, more mining, more attention, not moving so fast. It needed a, a slower place. And I have now come to realize oh, yeah, there's just a difference. And we've talked about the value of retreats, for instance, on other podcasts, but there's a difference between when we really slow down and just be there. And I wanted to go into that more. I wanted to have more time and opportunity. And not have to play to the, it's this and this and this. I wanted to get some of all of that off the table and just became a stronger and stronger feeling after a while. Yeah,
0: you know, for sure. I think one of the things that resonates for me is this idea of maybe not moving at such a fast pace, slowing down just a little bit, particularly in this season of life. There's a particular song that's in my mantra and it's it, the line in it is, I'll walk slow I'll put my hand in yours and you'll help me on my way. And I think that's something that's been needed for me personally. I think it's something that's needed for our society is this ability to go slow. And I think contemplative spaces offer that opportunity. One of the things that I'm struck by, again, I love church. I, I grew up in a church setting. I don't have anything to say about church I'll, although I will say that there might be some ways that people need to figure out how to do it differently but I'll just offer that caveat I think the world is changing so offering new and creative ways to be community could be helpful but I think I think this idea of being able to slow down I think our society is looking to do that how do I claim a sense of myself And I can't do that being in the rat race. I can't do that rushing from one thing to the next and overstacking my life to the point I can't reflect at all. And I think God shows up, the divine shows up in the midst of all that. But I think what is needed for myself and for the world at large is that ability to slow down a little bit and to reclaim a sense of ourselves.
1: And the title of our podcast today is Taking Risks and Trying New Things. And I think that while we're specifically talking about our journey of ministry, I think this relates to many of us, regardless of what your vocation is or what that new thing or that risk might be for you. And I would say that there's a couple of key elements that have been true in our lives, and I think translate to other areas. And one is this this idea of the word discernment. And how there's a personal discernment and and like these stirrings within us of something feels a little bit off here or I feel compelled or I'm curious about this and I want to go deeper into this particular thing. And I think there's the element of that personal acknowledgement. And sometimes we can just push it back to push it back because it's scary. It's new. It's Shaking things up when we don't want to because other areas of our lives are already being shaken up and we want some stability. And I think from there's invitation for co-discernment of actually articulating that beyond our journal or maybe beyond our significant other to, hey, this is actually something that I'm thinking about. And maybe it feels a little vulnerable to even admit that or to share that. But it's important for us to articulate that to then invite in other feedback. And I think just even this morning, I was in a conversation with a couple of people, and there's been this idea stirring in me that I'm discerning about. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to say the idea out loud to people just to see what their response is. And interestingly enough, over and over again, people say, wow, I want to be in that conversation as that continues and that we could co discern together. And so I think that's an important element of regardless of Again, if it's a vocational thing or just something in our lives, maybe we want to move or try a new educational opportunity or whatever. Having those stirrings, those discernments, and then articulating it to someone I think is really important. And then maybe another thing that I'll just mention before bouncing it back to you guys is this idea of calling that you mentioned, Chris. And again, I definitely grew up with that that language, that in like very much in, in environments where it's like we're paying attention to what's our calling and who has God uniquely made us to be. And I remember years ago reading a book, and it wasn't from a Christian author, and he used the term dharma, which is the same thing, right? But somehow, like the same concepts that I had grown up hearing about in my early adult years from different language made it really fresh to me. And so he was talking about, again, that dharma of who we're created to be and how that meets the needs of the world and how sometimes our dharma, we can be close to our dharma, but not quite hitting it. And that actually leads to a lot of frustration. And so if memory recalls, he, I think, used this example in the book that really wanted to be a performer. Interesting that you're talking about that today, Christina, this guy who had a desire to be a musical performer. And he ended up being like a, I think, a middle school or a high school band teacher. So he was close to music and doing what he wanted to do. But ultimately, he wasn't. He wanted to be on the stage doing it, not being the one in that particular scenario. And there was a greater frustration. And so he had to, like, take the risk of I'm going to give up my stable job and what I've known and actually put myself out there to be a performer, because ultimately that's what I want to do. Opposite of you, Christina, you (laughs) performed and then wanted to switch careers the other way. So again, there's not one right or wrong way to do dharma. But I think paying attention to, again, what are the stirrings within us? What does it mean to articulate and to be vulnerable and to put that out there? And also sometimes it's a pivot. Like I could throw the idea out there and it just falls flat. And then I recognize, okay, there's probably not a lot of energy there, so it causes me to go back to discernment. What is actually underneath that? Like Sometimes there's that desire, but then it's like oh, sh- there's actually something underneath that I really care about more than the idea that I had and maybe leaning into that. So those are a couple of things that come to mind on a broad spectrum as we're talking about this idea of taking risks and trying new things.
2: Yes, what you're saying reminds me of an article I read recently in the New York Times. They had followed people that had left their jobs in the pandemic times and we had even done a podcast on that at one point like the great shift and so they were doing a follow-up where are they now and this one woman she first of all of the stories were remarkable and i'm sure that they had i don't know how they managed to get six just completely remarkable stories but one lady's she had the time to pause and then She saw some homeless people setting up a tent on Christmas Day as she was driving past. And it caused her to want to get involved in her community. And so she's running for office in her local community. But her point was, if I wouldn't have taken that time off, which is a risk, right? We don't know if we'll have the money. She's like, I don't think I would have been in the right headspace to even think about going for this thing. And that's a thing. It's another podcast we've done, The Power of Pause. If we don't pause, then the risk seems just crazy. Why would we ever do that? Why would we put ourselves at risk? But every person in this article, like they thought, oh, I might take a short break and pursue writing. And then they found out they were making so much money at writing. They were working less hours and they had been full time. Another guy, he quit his job and started doing this other thing. And he was like, I'm like a fish in water. This was, I should have been doing this my whole life. And So risk is scary, but sometimes there's massive reward on the other side of it.
1: And so I think in that, as we're bringing this podcast to a close, I think it's important for us to just continue to acknowledge that, again, those risks that we take, it's opportunity to learn and to grow and to experience that fullness of life that I think we all desire. And so maybe I'll just take a moment to acknowledge the sponsor of our podcast, which is Foundry Spiritual Center. And actually, Christina, Chris, and I started the podcast before Foundry Spiritual Center existed. The three of us, again, in our collective journeys of what does it mean to be spiritual leaders? What are we learning? How are we growing in contemplative spaces? I think we all thought we would love a platform to just work together. And that kind of led to podcasting together and then eventually deciding to transition our churches. We were both had two different churches and transitioning to work together in a spiritual setting called Foundry Spiritual Center. And so this has been a new partnership, not even six months old yet, and just really grateful for the opportunity to collaborate. But week in, week out, this podcast is sponsored by Foundry Spiritual Center. And so we encourage you to check out the website, foundrysc.com. We have lots of different offerings. And in the spirit of the podcast today, because we are new as an organization, we are trying lots of different things, whether it be retreats or contemplative nights, online social justice discussions and online drop in prayer, et cetera. And I think we're trying to feel our way into what are ways that we can continue to offer spiritual leadership, both in our local context, as well as broader online to those that are interested in these sorts of things. And so we encourage you to check that out as well. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, what a great generative conversation. And this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. What are we into, folks?
0: I am into a new book that was given to me by a group of people that love me dearly and they know how much I appreciate music. And it is a book of Bono's journey, Bono of U2. And I have several books about U2, but this is coming from his personal story. So I am so excited. To delve into the book is called Surrender, and it's 40 songs just about Bono's story. So I am super into surrender.
2: Nice. Love it. I am into celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. It's coming up in about a week and a half, but we had devised this whole plan. Like we had talked about it probably three months before it was coming. And so what are we gonna do? How are we gonna celebrate 25 years and It didn't seem like the right time to take a trip, which is maybe what is what a lot of people do. I don't know, but it didn't seem right. And so we devised 25 days of things that we would do. And each day has either some fun memory that we're recreating or a place that we're revisiting or old writings that we wrote or sometimes something new. So. We've never tried it before, but we always wanted to. And it's fun. And we're documenting each day as best we can. (laughs) So then we can look back on it. But 25 days of I do is what I am into.
1: I love it. And by the time this will air, it will already be passed. So happy anniversary future self. Yes, thank you. I am into scarves and it's winter time here. And I, sometimes I take scarves for granted, to be quite honest. And you go outside and maybe you throw a scarf on, but it's been really cold the past few days. And so I've been wearing my scarves inside the house. I love my scarf. It's cozy. It keeps my neck warm, both indoor and outdoor. And so I have a new appreciation of my lovely chunky scarves, both for warmth and for fashion. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week.
0: If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.